On today's episode of Titus and Tate, the Duke Blue Devils are officially smashing the panic button, and Tate Frazier could not be happier about Ding it. Ding dong. <laughs> Duke has a losing record for the first time in how many years? How long has it been? You're the you're the guy with all the stats. The last century, <laughs> 1999. That was wow. the last time that they're they're saying that this happened. And uh, you know, I think Coach K right now he's a little upset. And uh, yeah, we're gonna do the panic button meter today. We're gonna figure out where all these programs, <laughs> yep. if they want to smash that button, Coach K. He even admitted. He even said it in the press conference. He, he wanted to smash that. He button. invoked the phrase or the the term "panic button." It wasn't us. Yeah, we didn't bring it up. No. Also, we live in a uh, as we've discussed. It wasn't on, Piazza either. <laughs> yeah, as we've discussed on the show, uh, the word "bubble" has been taken from us <laughs> yes. in college basketball. The, yes. the greater world at large mm. and these co- these times of COVID have taken the word it's "bubble" like from when us. Kleenex, you know, when they had the tissues yeah. and then people started just calling tissues Kleenexes and they lost it. Public right. Domain. So traditionally, this is about the time of year we start doing like bubble talk, but mm. we don't own the word "bubble" anymore. It belongs to the world. Yes. Uh, so we we have to come up with something else. So we're coming up with panic button status, mm. Uh, mm. Which, which, as it turns out, no one else uses the phrase "panic button." AKA PBS. <laughs> <laughs> there you the go. Panic the status. panic button status. So we're going to go through some teams, and we, we feel like, because this is the time of year, you got to start getting a feel. Do a temperature mm. t- check. Um, there's still a lot of basketball left to be played, Tate, but not that much basketball left to be played. So it is February. It is February. Yes. So you might want to start playing well if you're yeah. sucking. Also, uh, Pac-12 update. I have been mm. so excited to do this. This is I, this is something I've been wanting to do for a couple of weeks. I was real. I had it prepared to do last week, but uh, the show was running a little long, and I decided, what the hell, I'll save it for this week. Yeah. Uh, I am doing my fraud power rankings. <laughs> yes. I'm combining the two things mm. I love more than anybody else, which is informing America about what's going on with West Coast basketball, and also calling athletes that I've never met frauds. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Those are my two passions Perfect. in life, <laughs> and I'm putting them together for this. Uh, finally, Andy Katz is joining us. As he does every Friday. He he mm. he. he uh, it's tear talk that turns into you, you. You know you know what the drill is. We have Andy on. We have. Fun he remembered all the teams this week. Yeah, that, remember, it, it was a good week. Big, that's the big. Uh, <laughs> that's the big thing of note. We're, we're getting to all of that, but first, Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical out foul. Timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. A little housekeeping out of the gate, Tate. Uh, I want to plug this phone number that we have, this this hotline, <laughs> if you will. This uh, we, we had this idea last year. People might forget, and, and I mean that genuinely because pretty much the moment we said we were Who doing this. Who remembers anything yeah. from last year at this point? The moment we said we were doing this, they canceled the tournament, <laughs> and then everything just went away. Wah, but wah. Uh, we, we, we had this idea last year to create a hotline for the friends of the program, all of you listening, to call it uh, as uh, t- basically to be your therapy. Mm-hmm line for when um as we're getting into march the calendar is turning into march it is nut cutting time in college basketball if you are a team on the bubble um now would be the time to start playing well and and maybe you're a team that's not playing well mm-hmm. and you're mm-hmm. or you're a fan of a team that's not playing well and this is very frustrating to you express yourself express yourself so we started this this phone number and we want people to call in like in the moment raw emotion what are you feeling mm-hmm. if you're if you're my father and you're watching indiana at northwestern and Thankfully for him, the Hoosiers pulled it off in double overtime. Mm. If they lose that game, for example, maybe my dad's calling into the number and leaving a voicemail and saying, I've had it with this, whatever it is. Uh, So the number is this. Write it down. Put it in your phone. Save it for when you're hammered. Um, we don't care. We're going to play some of the best ones on on the show as as we progress throughout uh, the NCAA tournament. So the number you can call is, uh, write this down, 302-470-8283. It's 302 
uh, four seven zero. It's actually Tate. It spells Tate mm. at the end because of course it does because uh, <laughs> everything spells Tate. All of our promo codes are Tate. But uh, anyway, put in your phone and like make the contact be t- Titus and Tate mm-hmm. therapy or something mm-hmm. or, or we suck. Just make it like we suck, and then mm. your, your team loses its third game in a row. You're like, I gotta call the number. We suck. I gotta. I gotta what about the, the panic button? Just, panic button. Yeah, just put. Panic just press button. it. There you go. For example, if say you're a fan of the Purdue Boilermakers, as I am, as I'm a donor. Famously, I donated thirty-five dollars, <laughs> and you just watch Marcus Carr banking a three to beat your team. On the race is sixty-nine, yeah. by the way. And then, by wow. the way, uh, Travion Williams has a play towards the end of the game where he's trying to to win it for Purdue and gets called for travel. And uh, Matt Painter is livid. He's he's steaming mad, and he, he he's saying Travion was pushed. And they show the replay, and Robbie Hummel, who I don't need to remind you, Tate. Purdue basketball legend has his has mm. his uh, number hanging in the rafters because yep. at Purdue they retire jerseys unlike Indiana, which because Indiana is more about the the name on the front, but mm-hmm. Purdue they mm-hmm. care more about the name on the back. So they'll put they'll, they're not afraid to put names in the in the rafters. Robbie Hummel is a Purdue legend, and uh, he's watching the replay with Jason Benetti, and he goes, "Got to be honest, looked like a travel to me. I didn't see anything." So uh, I don't know. It really makes you think. It really makes you think that the. If I'm a Purdue fan, I'm not happy about that. That Robbie <laughs> yeah. Hummel is... is, is uh, are you saying this is like a Kirk Herbstreit type thing where like the <laughs> yeah, Purdue fans yeah, are going to yeah. turn on him simultaneously? They're like, you, you're you supposed to be rooting for us. What is as happening? A, as a Purdue donor... Duke fans did this with Jay Billis. Yeah. They're like, why are you being objective? You're supposed to be with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As a as a Purdue donor myself, I, w- I was not happy with it. Speaking of Duke, mm. the Blue Devils lost to Notre Dame on the heels of... I didn't mean for that to be a pun, but on the heels of losing to the heels. Yeah. Uh, hat on a hat. There the you go. fourth home loss <laughs> for Duke this year. Are you are you ready to call the Blue Devils done? Are you putting the fork in them? They are seven and eight. Um, would you would we say nineteen ninety nine was the last time they had a losing record? Yeah, but they were like good then, right? November twenty second. I was gonna say November. When's the yeah, last time yeah, they had yeah. a losing record in February? Mm, probably in eighty four, eighty three, yeah. something yeah. like that. Before K really turned things on and got like Amaker and Ferry and you know, of course Jay Billis now identifies with those guys mm-hmm. and uh, you know they all came in and changed the program and Coach K. To be quite honest with you, he doesn't seem too concerned. I do think if uh, if Coach K was really pressing the panic button, if he really, you know, he asked the age-old question at one point, blip or bomb? Mm-hmm. You know, that's what, you know, when the FBI scandal happened, he said he thought it was more of a blip than a bomb. I think that Coach K is sticking with the blip. I think that right now, if it were a bomb, we would have more pressing concerns for the actual tournament. I think mm-hmm. Coach K would actually be leading the charge to make sure that we are not going to Indianapolis, to make sure that we don't have a, you know, a, a tournament to kind of sum up this season. Coach K is okay with it. So right now, we're going to leave him, you know, sort of, I, I, I kind of let him be. I want to see how he plays this whole thing because I think now he does the TV brand play, which is mm-hmm. Coach K can go to CBS and be on and make some jokes. Do you think he will? I think he will. I think this is the That's first time question. he's yeah, been he's able never, to do this yeah. ever in his career. This That's is the first time point. that Coach K can have I, like archival footage of him, you know, laughing on the air with some of you know the, the game's oh best, Jay Wright and Coach K, you know, breaking down what's oh going my on God. in the Ohio State now game. I'm disgusted. Now I want Duke in the tournament. Oh, no. He's going to be there. It's kind of like, you know when Nick Saban, like the one no. year he was in the national championship game, he was there talking about it. It feels weird, Dude, but he's Coach there. Coach K in the studio with Seth yes. Davis rubbing his belly. Yes. Yes. And just like, Coach, what about this time? And they're showing clips. And <laughs> Coach, your motion offense yeah. changed the game. Now let me oh, see this. Oh, no. Yeah. I didn't even think about this. Yeah. So if you're a Duke fan, you're not even trying to talk yourself into no. like, we can string, there's still no. time. There's No. 
you're, there is just, no time. It's just, you're just like it's done. No, you you were. I saw a headline. You know, I just typed in Duke basketball, and the top news story was Coach K offers you know top five point guard. You know, for the next class, mm-hmm. it is we move on. People forget when Coach K's back went out. You know, in '95, when when Pika Det took over, and they didn't make the tournament, but it wasn't K's fault. It wasn't his record. The reason that he did this was because he wanted Vince Carter. He went to go recruit Vince Carter. That's what he did when his back was hurt. He was recruiting Vince Carter in Florida. Okay. Dean Smith was not very happy about yeah. this. He said, I thought your back was hurt. Mm-hmm. He said, <laughs> <laughs> he was recruiting. So right now, Kay is pivoted. He yeah. is back in the recruiting yeah. world. And you think I joked and tweeted like, you know, what if I told you one and done is dead? It's not dead. Kay just got the wrong crowd. <laughs> Seriously. He looks at Sharif Cooper at Auburn yeah. and says, that's the kid I should have. Yeah. If he looks at Kate Cunningham and said, that's the kid I should have. But yeah, it's interesting because those are the, the sort of the reactions you have is like, oh my God, Duke is seven and eight. Coach K is not getting any younger. Is this <laughs> the end? Is this, are we? Oh, nope. They got three. They got three top 10 guys coming next year. Never mind. <laughs> but I, I, I just saw people freaking out. Like, it, what, where does Duke go from here? The answer is they go to next year and, and then away we go. <laughs> That's it. I think, you know, I don't want to bring it back to the Super Bowl because I know we're past that. We're in college basketball season right now. But, you know, a lot of people throughout the year, they kept bringing up the comparison of Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. And they were mm-hmm. saying, you know, who's the guy? Who's the one that really made this whole machine work? You know, good player, good program, good coach. Mm-hmm. Robert Kraft obviously chose good player. He's like, I support Tom Brady. Uh, that's my guy. But regardless, I think this year in college basketball, it was, you know, the Brady Belichick of this season was Coach K or the Crazies. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, atmosphere, environment, mm-hmm. the fact that it's 115 degrees, the fact that after you play on one side, they come in and tighten your rim for the second half. <laughs> I think those types of things that, you know, usually happen at Cameron Indoor due to protocols are not happening this season. And I think it's understandable. And I think that's why it's a blip. I think Coach K is going to come back once he gets the crazies back in the building. That's the real juice, you know? And I think the argument, as we all know, we know it's Tom Brady and we know it's the crazies. (laughs) Conversation over. Conversation over. That's it. Uh, Let's talk about other programs around the country, which is something we don't really necessarily (laughs) love. We don't love to do it on the show. We (laughs) we would much rather just talk about Duke the whole time, but uh, let's do it. Uh, So I I wanted to frame it as this, because we did this exercise last year where we were talking about, uh, we we were trying to figure out which, how do we frame it? If you're a fan of of a program, Mm. which fan bases are happy right now? Like which fan bases are like, this season Mm -hmm. is awesome. I can't wait for March. Like I feel so good about my team because college basketball, you you, you want to make a comparison to the NFL. How about this comparison as well? Uh, it feels similar to college basketball fandom feels similar to NFL fandom in that most fan bases are miserable at all times. <laughs> yes. It doesn't yes. matter. You yes. win, you don't win by enough. You, mm-hmm. you win three in a row and you're like, damn it, but we lost. We should mm-hmm. be four in a row because if you look at game, you know that game a few weeks back, we blew that. It's very hard to find fan bases that are like, this is awesome, and our team is awesome, and everything's going well. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe unless you're Grand Canyon, yeah, they are yeah, the yeah, only program the only that all the fans are excited, no matter the score. They have no idea what <laughs> what, what, what how many games their team. They're has not played. sure what game they're playing. <laughs> they don't know what the score is. So we're gonna have Andy Katz on to talk about his tiers. He's the tier king, as we know. <laughs> but uh, I have I have my tiers here. Mm. This is how I, this is how I tiered it out. So. Uh, my first tier is ecstatic, and the, these are the these are the tiers. 
maybe I should have Gonzaga and Baylor in their own tiers because Gonzaga and Baylor are obviously an ecstatic mm-hmm. tier. And, and, and what I mean, it's not just that you're happy. It's that this is a season you are going to remember forever. You're beyond. Yes. You're, you are, mm-hmm. you are the, my mind, the, the most ecstatic I've ever seen a fan base in all my time being around college basketball is 2015 Kentucky mm-hmm. when they, they were up 41-7 on Bryce Offer and UCLA in Chicago. <laughs> and watching those fans just like... I don't know the, the the way they're hugging each other, interacting at halftime was just like mm-hmm. they are in a state of nirvana, <laughs> and they were all throughout that season. I went to another. I think I went to the game in a uh, Rupp, the final game in Rupp. They beat Florida or something, and then they're holding up shirts to say undefeated, and, uh, and like no one wanted to leave the arena. They're like, this is this is this is the pinnacle of fandom, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like Gonzaga and Baylor are feeling that right now. Right, that would be a fair thing to Absolutely. say. Absolutely. So maybe they need their own tier, because because then I also threw in the ecstatic tier, uh, Michigan, Ohio State, and Illinois, because I feel like those three Michigan fans are are on cloud nine right mm-hmm. now, even though their team's not really playing, and they can't be talked out of it either. So yeah. they, they they have fully bought in, which I respect. I like the Michigan. Like fans. even if Michigan, here's here's where you arrive at ecstatic mode, is that even if even if haters are coming at you, you don't care. Yeah, you're yeah. just like and you whatever. Can find man. the argument or yeah. the stat to make up for why this may be true or that may be true. So like we brought up the quad one wins i'm sure michigan fans are at home and like they're like we have four quad mm-hmm. one wins and we should have five but we got this game moved and da da da, da. You but know, I, I but I, I don't think they care i think they're just like we're having a good time <laughs> yeah. like we're this is this has been a great season hunter dickinson's awesome franz wagner um is is our best player but he's actually like our third best player but he's our be- it, mm-hmm. it's unbelievable how, how good our team has been so far um to the point that you know illinois fans are throwing grenades in michigan saying you're dodging us we were supposed to yep. play thursday night yep your women's team can play um, you guys were quarantined at the exact same amount of time. You've had no positive tests. Why can't the men's team play? You're dodging us. That's what Illinois fans say. You know what Michigan mm-hmm. fans say? Who cares? We don't care. We're having we're having a great season. We're having a ton of fun. I think Ohio State is in that boat, and I I, I speak from my experience. I don't know if all Ohio State fans feel the same way, but um, this this team we we, we lost Caleb Wesson. We lost Andre Wesson. Uh, Seth Towns. I was told. Uh, might not even play all season because he's had these injury problems, mm-hmm. and then he's been awesome, and the team has been great. And we're we're, we're look at this, look at Kyle Young, look yeah. at that face. Kyle Young is EJ Liddell is like sneakily he's going to make an All American team. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be first team All American, but EJ Liddell perfectly third team, yeah, perfectly a third team All American. And yeah, so it's all gravy for Ohio State right now. They're they're going to rip my heart out. They're going to find a way to to they are they're going to rip my heart out, and I know that. But uh, it's I, I would say right now on February 11th I'm ecstatic, so mm-hmm. I, I I put them there, and then Illinois I think um, we we were talking about this that they they've dipped down but they've kind of come back and uh, Illinois fans are probably the most ecstatic right now because I think that they had a lull and they had a period of time where maybe they lost hope you know maybe mm-hmm. they thought this wasn't the year even though I thought it was going to be the year and then Coffee Coburn was really the one, I think, that kind of turned it on a little bit. You know, these big emphatic dunks, these powerful messages on the floor. I know a lot of people, you know, the analytics people will say momentum does not exist. Coffee Coburn did something. He brought a spark to this team. And then Io's been, as we both know, one of the best guards in the country, is in consideration for National Player of the Year at this point. And it's beyond me that he's six foot five. He looks the part of an NBA player, yet he's not, you know, listed as a potential lottery pick, but that's besides the point. But Illinois fans right now, they're saying this is this is good. They love, this is what we want. They love Andre Corbello too, uh, which is hilarious. Mm. How how excited you could we, we put out our, our list of the the best freshmen, the freshmen we like, and the Purdue fans were coming at our necks and Illinois. Of course, fan, and uh, so that's another sense of just like I, I kind of contradicting myself about how. I just said they don't care about the haters, but um, I don't know. It feels different. It feels like when things are going well, you just feel like 
the Illinois fans are ecstatic. They're, mm-hmm. they're very happy because, as you said, it felt like the wheels were falling off. The wheels have been put back on. The, the wheels weren't falling off. They were just changing their tires. Yes. They were just doing a yes. pit stop to change tires. All right, so my happy teams. These are the, <laughs> the fan bases I think are, are pretty pretty happy. I have Alabama. Mm. I think I think you have to say Alabama. Yes. Happy. I mean, they, 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 they just lost to Missouri. The, the dream of a perfect SEC season mm-hmm. um, is, is dead, but... You know, they, this is a team that was unranked for most of the season, then suddenly got hot and and unlocked something. And I guess it was just, uh, I don't. They they make shots. We'll, we'll yes, say that. Literally. I guess that was that was mm-hmm. it. And everything started clicking, and they started knocking off teams. And suddenly you look up, and you and I are having a conversation about can Alabama run the table in the SEC, and uh, do they deserve to be in consideration for a one seed, and all this kind of stuff. Cooled down a little bit, but I, there's not an Alabama basketball fan on earth that's like, I'm not pleased with with losing to Missouri or like we we they they uh, who did they they lost to Oklahoma that's right mm-hmm. uh, I I knew they had another loss uh, Oklahoma Missouri recently so like it's not they don't have the the a ton of momentum that they had a couple weeks ago but if you're an Alabama fan you're still happy with where things are at right now and you know we always look at Vegas you know with these types of things and Fox bet their odds are the exact same plus 1700 is Illinois so I think you know we were just talking about a team that's ecstatic you know but Vegas says that Illinois and Alabama are on the same you know basically at the same level to go win a championship also the Alabama uh the the perspective for Alabama fans might not even be about this season it's like the the program it's the Nate Oates era yes the program momentum that's being built so you're happy if you're an Alabama fan for sure unless you're an Alabama football Fan because it's very hard to keep both at the top. Good point. And if Alabama basketball gets good too soon, if they fly too close to the sun, something you and I love to talk about on this program, <laughs> if they do a Nicarus, uh-huh. then Nick Saban better watch out because there is a there's a sliding scale there. As soon as basketball is too good, who knows what happens to football? Other teams I have as happy Oklahoma certainly yep. uh, picks six to pick uh, to finish six in the Big Twelve. You could argue they're the second best Big Twelve team. I don't think they are. I think West Virginia probably is, but. Um, at least right now, plus ten thousand to win the championship. Those are ridiculous odds for Oklahoma. A very good right now? team. Yes, plus ten thousand according to Fox Bet. So if I uh, explain this to me, if I bet a hundred dollars, I would win ten thousand. Yes, I think something like that. I, I, yeah, <laughs> it's, too many, it's too many zeros for me. Oh my god, um, that's that's pretty disrespectful to be honest with you. I mean, think about it. Yeah, but Oklahoma fans are happy. They 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 the same as four, Syracuse. The same, the same as Miami, as Syrac- the same as Providence, what? the same as Washington, the same, the same as, Butler, as Washington, the same as Utah. You're lying. I'm serious. Oklahoma. Foxbet.com. What, what, what? There you go. None of those teams are making the tournament. Well, Oklahoma <laughs> is a bet right there. You talk about long shot odds. There you go. Lon Kruger uh, been to the final four before, by the way. Oklahoma's happy. They, they got four top 10 wins. They had three in a row at one point. They're, they're, uh, yeah, I, their fan base. Is they had the belt have, at one point. America they, they turned and looked at Oklahoma and said they're a good team. Yes. Um, USC is on my list as well. Mm-hmm. 15 and three, just absolutely destroyed. Uh, UCLA and and the big showdown on Saturday, the the LA showdown for first place. So now they're tied up for first place, but USC has the tiebreaker and the biggest they, rivalry they kick, in basketball according ass. to John Rothstein. <laughs> he said it was the best rivalry know, game of the I day. I know, I know. Oh my god, it just wasn't the um, time. Also, Evan Mobley, who I cannot sing his praises enough, and uh, <laughs> every time you and I get in front of microphones, I want to talk about Evan Mobley. Uh, I think he's going to be a first-team All-American, and I looked it mm. up today because I was interested. When's the last time USC had a first-team All-American? 1992, Harold Miner. Wow. It's been a while. So if you're a USC basketball the fan, you're The new Jordan. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're excited. People forget. That, that Harold you Miner, the first new Jordan. I have West Virginia as a happy team. Just swept Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. They gave Gonzaga 
Gonzaga's best game of the year. People forget that, that uh, West Virginia, in, in the eyes of some, hung with Gonzaga a little bit, even though that was more like about Jalen Suggs maybe exploding his Achilles and then not. But um, I don't know. West Virginia's good. They're, they're a fun mm-hmm. team to watch. And also, just in general, if you're a West Virginia fan, not that you didn't love Press Virginia because Javon Carter is like a legend and, and that era of West Virginia basketball is awesome, but you got to love an offensive-minded team. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to find a West Virginia fan that's going to say anything bad about Press Virginia, but deep down they know that like watching Miles McBride and company get buckets is a little bit more fun than just like helter-skelter all over the place, <laughs> forcing turnovers and trying to win rock fights. And it's kind of good because they got over, you know, Shoeboy leaves and goes to Kentucky, mm-hmm. they lose Big O, and, you know, that could be, you know, a bad sign for the program. But ever since that happened, it seems like things are going well for West Virginia and Bob Huggins. So I have, they've uh, turned up. I'll rip through some of these. I have Texas Tech as, as I think Texas Tech fans are happy. They just, get, they just got swept by West Virginia. Chris Beard got tossed, which was... Was a, amazing, amazing, yes, way to go out. And then he fist mm-hmm. bumps with Huggins on his way out. Uh, but but Texas Tech is again, if, if we're talking like program momentum, Texas Tech has it going, and mm-hmm. and they're good. The Chris Beard is is uh, 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 a guy who has Look at a Mac lot of, McClung. Oh my goodness, Mac McClung has been awesome. He um, really has been. Really, I, it's not yeah. a joke. Like we're not <laughs> we're not doing an Alex Caruso with him. He really is playing really well. He, he, he's been amazing, and the program's awesome. And I think if you're a Texas Tech fan, given that you, people forget Texas Tech defending runner-up lost to virginia in overtime in the last national championship game we saw mm-hmm. um and they're they're they, they got it going so they're fine i mean it's the season they sometimes play to their competition this particular team but i think if you're a texas tech fan you're like i'm happy enough i'm not panicking i'm not chris you know. beard figured it out he talked to some pr guy you know this summer and he's created the fireside chats you know where he yep. has people on and they have real conversations that you wouldn't hear anywhere else and you know he goes and gets teed up in a very you know emphatic electric very showman way mm-hmm. and that's what college basketball needs that's what it's always been about it's always been about characters and Chris Beard is one of those guys that he's an old soul he gets that so you and I we watched that you know our the original name of our show was teed up you know Mm -hmm. basically because of guys like Rasheed Wallace that make a show out of saying I'm right the ball don't lie (laughs) and you're gonna hear about it (laughs) Bob Knight throwing a chair I mean Chris Beard Uh looks like a guy who's gonna throw a chair at some point Uh and uh I don't know that that moment in time that snapshot it felt great Texas Tech uh, uh, plus three thousand to win plus, the title. Three thousand win the title. Plus three thousand. Same as your Ohio State Buckeyes, by the way. Plus three. Yeah, 000. I saw that Fox bet. No respect for Ohio Oof. State, which is actually good. I, I I'm I'm not mad at all. Mm. I'll actually put money on Ohio State and win more money when we win the title, which is definitely going to happen. <laughs> uh, Texas Tech is good enough to make the Final Four, and I think if you're a Texas Tech fan, that's all you really want mm-hmm. is just to know that like we're good enough to make the Final Four. I, I trust Chris Beard. Whether it happens or not, we're in a good spot right now. Uh, Virginia Tech, I would say they're happy. They they 14 and four. They 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 beat Villanova, beat Virginia. They were also blown out by Syracuse and Penn State. So it's not like I don't, I don't think any Virginia Tech fans saying like we're the best team in the ACC or. Yeah, this feels like a Final Four team or whatever. But but given the context of that program, and uh, again, like if we're just talking big picture program, I think every Virginia Tech fan is happy, especially when you beat Virginia. That's mm-hmm. got to be that's yeah. You own your own good, state. You're in a good I think spot. That's what, and Mike Young when they lost Buzz Williams. It felt like Buzz was a part of the Tony Bennett like next class of ACC top coaches that was mm-hmm. getting groomed to come in behind Roy and Coach K. Like Brownell is probably in that group as well. And when he left, there was this weird. Wait a second. So the ACC is you know not as good as the SEC. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. That's, that's not what you do. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fact that Mike Young came from Wofford, a small school, 
and is able to create a culture that they have all bought in. Um, they're a fun team to watch. They're very tough to play. Nobody wants to play Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that Virginia Tech is going to win a national championship this year. Not saying they're going to make a run to the Final Four, but that is a Sweet 16 type team, you know. Which uh, is for Virginia Tech fans, they're like, we'll, we'll take it. Yes, yeah, that's awesome. Yes. So Perfect. Mike Mike Sign Young has they hit the panic button when Buzz left. Yeah, Mike Young is safe, and they, they have taken their hand off, and they are Mr. November, by the way. <laughs> not anymore. We, we took that away from him, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, I guess because he's winning now. He's winning now, so there you go. <laughs> but he needs uh, a name. we got to figure it out. I, I would throw Purdue in the mix. Uh, very. Mm. They, they lost tonight. We're recording this uh, Thursday night. They just lost to uh, uh, Minnesota, as I said, a close game. Plus 8,000 to win the championship, Purdue. Save your money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Say don't don't bet on Purdue to win the championship. Save it for the Purdue Dave giving and give it to the school. I love Zach Eady, by the way. So Purdue fans that were upset that he wasn't on our list, we were trying to put like the the you know the first team all freshman list. We can't put Purdue everybody. fans literally wanted all four of the freshmen exactly. that, that are in the rotation yes. on the list. You think which... I didn't want to put Dayron Sharp or Caleb Love? <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I mean? Come uh, on. But I, I think Purdue fans are pretty happy with how the season's going. They're very very young. They have no seniors on the team. They they play four freshmen. Mm-hmm. They would like me to mention that they swept Ohio State, but you know. <laughs> Again, we Ohio State disregard that. Disregard it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we neither game do we have we a full roster, know. so it doesn't really yeah. count. Yeah, and they've they've won six and nine. Two. The, the the Purdue fans, I think, are happy with with how the season's going. Uh, and then the other two I had on my happy tier is uh, Rutgers, who mm-hmm. little up and down season, but again, Still, if we're talking like we're context talking of Rutgers yep. basketball, they are definitely a good team. They are 100 percent in the tournament. They've been ranked for most of the season. That's a, that's a win. I think Rutgers fans are happy. Yep. Uh, and then Sister Jean, Loyola Chicago. Oh they're my happy. gosh. They're happy. Drake lost. They're they're playing Drake coming up actually. The the Loyola Drake showdown for the Missouri Valley crown. But um, no, I, I pe- people are are now talking about Loyola might be better than they were when they went to the Final Four. Tate. People, people you, are saying by people you mean Cameron Crutwig, who <laughs> yeah. is on the team, and he, uh, I think he talked to Matt Noglander and said that you know he basically yep. is a big time performer. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of guys in basketball. He shows up in the big game. So he um, said, "Was his quote? I'm the Zion of the Missouri something Valley? like that. Yes, that or I, I am the new Jordan, or so, I can't remember exactly what he said. No, but we're yes. making that up, people. He didn't say that. <laughs> Sister Jean, though, I mean, she's locked in. Uh, Loyola is one of those teams where it just it would make sense that they make a Sweet 16 run or something like that. Yeah. So, uh, Sister Meme, she's back. She'll never leave. <laughs> She'll always be here. I, I think those are all the happy. Uh, I had I had this tier which I called the just wake me up when it's March. Yeah, they're they're just numb. They don't really feel anything. They're mm-hmm. like, I mean, it, yeah, like it's just wake me. I don't know. Just give me to March. I don't really care. I'm Wisconsin. Bad. Wisconsin is on the list. <laughs> Number one. Wisconsin. Please get me on, to the tournament so I can take me, some pivotal charges. Just please. Like, Wisconsin fans are like, I mean, we're not as good as I thought we were, but also like, <laughs> we got a chance in every game. We got a chance in every game. Yep. So like, who cares? We could lose the next five. We could, and I'm not that mad. We could win the next five. I'm not getting that excited. Just get to March. Can I guess the next one? This is fun. Yeah, like, go ahead. Go, I have, Florida I, State. I have four on my list. Florida State. Florida State is also on go. the list. Boom. <laughs> Plus 2,500 to win it all. That's another team to look Florida at. Florida State is on the list. Uh, exact same thing as wisconsin they're just like i don't know just yeah give, just give me to march i don't scotty I don't, barnes don't. is looking at leonard hamilton he's like can i start <laughs> he, he put up that lavar ball quote that said michael jordan didn't come off the bench and he just shows it to leonard hamilton <laughs> who, who else i like this you've guessed two so far okay two so far florida state i was just going through uh virginia virginia give me, me to the tournament 
Let me show you that we're for real. Every Virginia fan. Yep. I don't need to win the ACC again. Yep. I don't care. We, we we do it every year. It's boring. We already won the national. T- just give me to March. And that's the only time I feel alive is yes. March. Yes. That's it. Yes. I'm, I'm dead inside because I have experienced both extremes. I in think the I know the last one. I'm fired I, up. <laughs> if you're going four for four, this is amazing. The Yukon Huskies. No, but oh, I, should, wow. I should add Yukon to the okay, list. Okay. Because, well, the only reason I didn't put Yukon on the list is because Yukon uh, might not be in the tournament. I think Yukon has work to do first between now and March. If you're the selection committee, when you see James Book Knight's return is imminent, you just yeah. say, put him in. Yeah. Book that. Yeah, book book, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're putting you in the tournament. I, but yeah. yeah, Yukon's a good one. It's just that uh, as it stands right now, I, I'm not. if I'm mm. a Yukon fan, I'm not exactly confident that we're in the tournament today. So mm. I wouldn't put UConn, but mm. the last one is a Big East team, and you should know it. Mm. Villanova. It's Villanova. Yeah. yeah, that was my that yeah. that was the one I wanted to go with, but I'm also Vill- Vill- Villanova likes just kind of just dominating in the Big East, yeah. like over here, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like they just enjoy it. I have th- so it's hard for me to tell where they are, where they really I, are. I think that when you won two titles and you win the Big East every oh. year, I think they're just like, and, and they had the long pause, so it killed all the momentum and turned. Yeah. So like they come back, and now Villanova fans. If I'm a Villanova fan, I'm like, cool, we're back, but also. I don't care anymore. Like mm. this is stupid. Xavier hasn't played a game in like five months, and they're in the Big East hunt as well, ish. But the rest of the Big East is like. They're not bad per se, but mm. also the, the whole Big East feels like they're on the bubble. Yep. UConn, Seton True. Hall, St. John's, <laughs> Providence is all probably on the wrong side now. Mm-hmm. So I think Villanova fans are probably just like, just let's just fast forward. Let's just get to March. And I think Villanova, like Mark Few said last week, they have the best uh, win of the season on the road against a fully healthy, hot Texas team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that win, in my mind, has kind of carried them through the year. So, like, they just want to get the tournament in play, show that they're really a top team. Texas is another team that they just want to just basically endure. They Mm. want to endure the rest of the regular season and then hope when when the lights turn on that Matt Coleman and Ramey and Greg Brown and Kai Jones and and, and Sims and those guys just get going again. So Um, I'm going to rip through these four real quick. We don't need to talk about them because we we talk about them a lot on the show. Uh, This tier is called, though, we definitely aren't great, but I don't think we suck as bad as everyone thinks we do. Mm Mm-hmm. And the, Clemson. My four, <laughs> the four I had on that were UCLA, uh, <laughs> yep. Louisville, yes, North Carolina, North Carolina for sure, and Kansas. Actually, Those are my four. I won't even talk about North Carolina because I talk about them enough. Louisville is a team that is getting a little bit disrespected. I feel like, especially in the ACC. <laughs> Should like, Mike Rutherford come back on? <laughs> let's get him on uh, because I mean, David Johnson is going to be a first round draft pick. We believe yeah. Carlick Jones has been great, He's been awesome. and yeah. uh, you know is obviously a contender for ACC Player of the Year as well. So um, you know that team, that backcourt. They're going to be fun to watch in March. So don't sleep on Louisville. You know, yeah. as much as we don't talk about them, they're a good. Well, that's team. a great. That's that's yeah. They're perfect for that tier. We definitely aren't great, but I don't yep. think we suck as bad as everyone thinks. That's yeah, a, that's Louisville. Yeah. UCLA. stop hating. Yeah, can't. Uh, so we're getting closer to the panic button <laughs> uh, for for me. Um, this tier is called. I'm doing my best to put on a brave face, but deep down, I think we might suck. We're not mm. panicking yet. Mm. Like I'm still on the outside, not panicking, but deep down, I'm like, do we suck? We might suck. Yes. Uh, Houston is the top of that list. Houston, we have a problem. Houston, yeah. we have a problem. You've lost to East. They're, they're seventeen and two. They they beat. What were their two good? What Texas Tech and and did they beat BYU early in the season? I think they, that was they. The they yeah. I feel like everyone beat BYU in their season. <laughs> USC smoked BYU. <laughs> BYU was just was. We love you, Mark Pope. Uh, they they lost to East Carolina and Tulsa though, and. Mm-hmm. For for me Andy, and Dodge Gonzaga, that was the real issue for me. That was a big issue too. For Andy Katz, he says uh, he said on our show many times, 
I'm a, I will allow you to lose one conference game. Like, yep. like that's not, this happens in college basketball. It's yep. basketball. He shrugs his shoulders. You cannot lose to East Carolina and Tulsa. These are bad <laughs> teams. Tulsa is not as bad as East Carolina. East Carolina is dreadful. Mm-hmm. And and Houston lost to East Carolina. East Carolina and, is so bad, and it was so far-fetched that they would win that game that their players said it was the greatest upset in, in basketball, basketball history. <laughs> Uh, so Houston, I, we, we can uh, we can move along from them. Uh, Missouri, I have on the list as well. Mm. Put on, the Missouri fans are putting on a brave face. They've been down this road before. This is the life of a Missouri basketball fan. Zero Final Fours in program history. They lived through the Frank Haith years. They they lived through the Quinn Snyder years when <laughs> they they he made them believe only to Quinn got him almost there. Yeah, he got him Give almost him credit, there. Yeah. Oh no, I'm, he gave he he got him to he got him close enough to care, and mm-hmm. then he rips their heart out. And uh, I, I know Missouri fans are like, I, I still believe in this team. We are good. But also, they're saying that through clenched teeth. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I don't like where this is going, that we just lost to Ole Miss. I don't like that at all. Um, also, I'm going to stick in the SEC. Another team is Tennessee as a team that's not panicking. Definitely not panicking. Yeah, we're not panicking. But it also, if I'm a Tennessee fan and uh, someone told me they just came back from the future and my team lost in the second round because they scored 44 points, in a in a six versus three game or something, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds about right. Tennessee <laughs> is very confounding because they have these two post players in Ponds and Fulkerson, where they are the primary you know focus of their entire offense. It's to feed the post, feed yeah. these guys, you know, get them going. Fulkerson, you know, one of my favorite players. I love getting folked up, and he killed Kentucky last year, and usually mm-hmm. did his entire career there. But their guards, their young guards, are so good. It does feel like at some point they have you know, two. They're, they're they can two unleash. Teams, they can unleash this but team. They feel like they're two teams coexisting. Where yes. it's like you got the old guard uh, of the team that was around for Schofield and, mm-hmm. and Grant Williams, yep. and then you got the new fresh faces. The the, the it's freshmen. The, and it's the, the three stars and the four stars that got you the ability to get these you know yeah. five star guys. Exactly. Basically. Exactly. And those guys are like get out of the and way. The, the five star like give us the keys. It's North Carolina. The it's the same thing. Yeah. They're like Garrison yeah. Brooks. Get out of my face. Uh. So yeah. Tennessee Tennessee fans, I, they're they're not panicking, but they're also saying I'm not panicking a bunch. They have right an identity now. issue yeah. right now. They yeah. want to. They got to figure out who they uh, are. Creighton's on the list. I think that's self-explanatory. Yeah. I think uh, if you've watched Creighton play, you get it. And not even just this year. In the last <laughs> 15 years. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma State. I'm putting on the list. Swept by TCU. We we are on the Oklahoma State bandwagon, but at the same time. Uh, mm. We love Cade. I trust Cade. I, yeah. I, I like the idea that they can, you know, make some noise in March. But, you know, if you really, if you told me to close my eyes and, and see what I see for this team, I see an 8-9 loss, you know, yeah. where they're yeah. the eight seed and they yeah. lose. That's, that's and, and, and we're all just so I annoyed see, because we're like, we didn't even get to see Cade Cunningham play. I see Trey Young losing in the first round. Exactly. And, that's and He plays well, but yeah. it's like, uh, all right. It's like, man, we're not going to get it. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, it's over. Uh, <laughs> and then I had two other ones. Um, San Diego State. They That's they are one. they are kind of hot right now in the sense that they have have won five straight. They're uh, blowing people out games yeah. by twenty. What was the I saw CBB on Fox tweeted mm-hmm. the stat that the five straight conference wins by twenty five plus points, which is something that hasn't happened in any conference since like nineteen ninety nine or something. Mm-hmm. But then you look at like who they're actually playing. It's like oh my god. <laughs> what do we just teams. do that with stats from now <laughs> on? We just say it's since nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, no so matter really what, since nineteen ninety nine. Their best win was mm. UCLA to open the season, and the only other tournament team, the only team that's even going to maybe sniff the tournament that they've beat since then since the first game of the season is colorado state uh they've just been beating up on the bottom of the mountain west and they have 
as coming up, they have a decent part of the schedule, so we'll we'll see what happens. But right now, San Diego State. I, if I'm a San Diego State fan, I'm like, uh, uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. Yeah, yeah. And Leave finally, the last one is Drake. <laughs> Drake is. It's not just that they lost to Valpo. Valpo is bad. Yeah. They uh, they a couple weeks ago they're taken to overtime by Illinois State, who sucks. Um, they had to come from behind to beat Valpo. Uh, the first time they played him, then they played him a couple nights later. Maybe it was the next night, and that's when they lose. And they didn't just lose; they lost by seventeen. Uh, I don't think I, I think every Drake fan was just like, "It's cool to be undefeated," but now that we've lost, like we suck. <laughs> they went to overtime against Illinois State, and it kind of felt like you know it was you know they realized they're undefeated. They're thinking about it, so you kind of give them a pass. The next game they come out, they play Illinois State again. They blow them out. They're doing three sixty dunks. So you say, "Hey, yeah, Drake seems like they've gotten over the hump," and then you know they kind of really hit the real roadblock and uh, we're officially off Drake. Uh, no more God's plan. All right. This is it. We, we've arrived. This is full blown panic town. Mm. This is the, these, these are, this is my tier of teams that are full blown panicking. I have, you said this is a team that just wants to get to the tournament. I have them as a full blown panic team, mm-hmm. the Texas Longhorns. Mm. Uh, they have, they have lost three in a row and four or five heading into their game that they had on, uh, uh, they beat, they just beat Kansas state. Um, they, they, what was it? They, 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 uh, uh, this is the stat I had written down. Since they beat Kansas by 25 in Allen Fieldhouse on January 2nd, Tate, we remember that game. It was a historic loss for Kansas in Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, Texas is four and four, and their wins are a six point win over Iowa State at home, who uh, Iowa State is abysmal. Their two wins still are against SWAC teams. Those are the only teams that Iowa State has beaten this year. Uh, the two point win at West Virginia when they needed the miracle shot from Andrew Jones to win. They, they beat Kansas State by 15 at home, and then they just beat Kansas State on Tuesday by three. And Kansas State is not a good basketball team. So those are those are the only wins that Texas has had. They've had COVID issues. They, they've had, uh, not just with Shaka Smart, but they've had starters out, and, and you know, it, it affects people differently, not just physically, but mentally, you know, as, as we've talked about many times. Some teams come back and are playing better, it seems. Other teams are Clemson, and they suck when they come back from pause. So I don't know what's going on, but if I'm a Texas fan, I do not like what I'm seeing given that, I don't know. A month ago, we were talking about Texas as maybe knocking on the door one of yes. yeah being in there with Gonzaga and Baylor. And there was a moment in time where it didn't seem far fetched to think maybe Texas competes with Baylor for the yeah. Big Twelve. Yeah, and now yeah. that seems incredulous to say. Yeah, so uh, Texas is definitely on the list. I'm throwing mm. Iowa on the list. Full blown panic. Are you? Are you? Do you agree with this? I think that Iowa and Texas are both two teams that at the beginning, if you asked me in November, in November, December, I would have, you know, probably be willing to bet, you know, $100 or something like that and say they're going to make the final four. Yeah. You know, I, I really like yeah. these two teams. Mm-hmm. I think they have what it takes. So it, it's really hard for me to take the full turn and the full pivot and say, I am off with these teams or I think that they don't have a real shot because I do think it's all there and they can turn it on. It's hard to, to match up with Luca Garza. It's hard to match up with the shooting and the offense of Iowa. But it also, we've seen the show before with Iowa. That's and, what it is. And, that, that's and that's what what's terrifying. And the February same with Shaka Fran. Smart. February Fran, yeah. who, who really burst onto the scene in 2016 when I was ranked fourth and then the wheels just completely fell off. Mm-hmm. The Jared Utah senior year. Um, I'm, I'm, that's the yeah. fear with Iowa and, and the, the tough part with McCaffrey and that team and the expectations that surround having a national player of the year yep. is if you go to the tournament and you lose in the sweet 16, yep. it, the, the fallout from that can be catastrophic because Rick the Barnes never recovered from yes. Kevin Durant losing in the second round. <laughs> he never, his reputation never recovered yeah. in, in Austin. Now yeah. everyone thinks he's a bad coach. Yeah. <laughs> 
Crazy. Uh, so I'm putting Iowa. They 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 beat Rutgers Wednesday, but they lost four or five before that. Swept by Indiana. Um, again, it's not Iowa's not a bad basketball team, but I think the expectation for Iowa's final it was kind of Final Four bust this year. Yep. and it, it's feeling like it's going to be bust. So I'm hitting the panic button if I'm Iowa fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm throwing Clemson on the list. They, they've kind of come back. I know they beat Carolina. I know they beat Syracuse. But is that is that really enough? The, the, the rest of Clemson's schedule is garbage. They're just – it's all – they got like Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, Pitt, yep. uh, Notre Dame, Miami, I think. Like those are, those are the only teams they have left in the regular yep. season. If I'm, a, if I'm a Clemson fan, I've already hit the panic button. And that's what it is. I'm not hitting the panic button today. I hit it a couple weeks ago. And I'm not taking it off just because we beat Carolina and Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Just because we beat two bubble teams, I'm not saying great. Now we're in a good spot. Yeah, they seem very high on their defense. They think, you know, I've yeah. heard some Clemson fans compare themselves to Virginia's defense. I think that might be a little, you know, there's a lot of bravado behind that. And I like the idea of Clemson being a defensive team, a tough team, a tough out in the tournament. Yeah, I see that. Brownell's a good coach, and and I like Amir Sims. I think he's a great, you know, senior leader for this team and kind of sets the tone for them. But, you know, there is a ceiling there. Yeah. We all see the ceiling. But, you know, Brownell and, man, I mean, they're and McCaffrey are both in the same spot, to be honest with you, where the fan base is at the point where they expect the next echelon to be mm-hmm. crossed. Mm-hmm. And that's never fun that's, when you talk about hot seats. Yeah, yeah. And it's not even that you're bad or the team's bad or going to the Sweet 16 is bad. It's just that somehow the preconceived notion has outgrown the reality of the situation. And that's not fun. <laughs> Because that's how you get fired. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you mutually part ways. That's how. I should say. That's how. Yeah, you yeah. let go. You're uh, in, in a mutual decision. I had <laughs> Minnesota as a panic button team, but they just beat Purdue. But still, it was in the barn, so it doesn't count. Minnesota, the panic button is that they're still zero six away from home, and they just lost to Rutgers last mm-hmm. week with uh, uh, the the. Um, uh, it, it was a close game is what I meant to say. They, they, they lost to Rutgers. It was like a four-point game or something. But yeah. other than that game last week, they, the, the other five games they played away from home, they've all lost by double digits. They, they are absolute garbage away from home. Um, and that would concern Minnesota. Like they're probably still going to make the tournament, but if I'm a Minnesota fan, I'm like, who cares? It's not played in the barn, so we're going to lose. Minnesota hit the panic button when the NCAA said the tournament was in Indianapolis. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Immediately they hit the panic button. Uh, and then I guess the last year I had was it, I just said it, it's labeled this, buddy. I've been hitting the panic button all year, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that is uh, Duke and Michigan State and Kentucky <laughs> and Syracuse were the four I had on the list. So mm-hmm. there you go. I think if you're a Syracuse fan, you know uh, when Buddy Beheim agreed to go there, you knew what was gonna, you know, <laughs> you what, what, the panic button. Then. Yeah, I think that's when you hit it. But I think you literally you you threw the panic button out the window when he ate a booger the other night. <laughs> buddy didn't. Jim. No, Jim. I'm yeah, not talking no, about Buddy. Yeah, no, yeah, you yeah, said yeah, when yeah, Buddy yeah. Beheim yeah. went there. No, no, no. Well, he, that was a separate thought. But you like, said he. Yeah. In that thought, <laughs> but you throw the panic button away when he eats no, the because that, be, that would be breaking news. That would be a huge story. If, yes. if Buddy Beheim was picking his nose and eating mm-hmm. it on TV, that would be, in my mind, the biggest story in college basketball, that he is his father's son. I would be, I would be like, oh, my God, this is amazing, that Buddy Beheim is also... They just get her, the Bayheim household, they just sit around and pick their nose and eat it. That's what they do. You, if you're Jim Bayheim, you have to have someone let you know in your own camera. You have to. Can I say that I, I will take from the Syracuse season more. Look, we're all human. I'm not, I look, I'm not judging anybody, but I'm just saying you, that is, that man is a veteran. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he knows. I, I am going to take more memories of Jim Beheim on the bench than anything <laughs> that Syracuse has done on the court this year. Yes. More, more memories of Jim mm-hmm. Beheim falling over the mask he's wearing. 
the nose he's picking. <laughs> oh man, so that's that's how I see it. That's those are my those are my tears. Is that mm-hmm. was that a was that a worthwhile exercise? I don't know. I will say though, if you want to keep someone from asking you why you're letting your son take all the shots, that's something you do. <laughs> it's like no one's going to talk to you after that. They're just going to leave you alone. Like he's or, they, or they just want to talk to you about that. And now you're yeah, saying, no, yeah. I wanted to ask you about Buddy, yeah. but now that you're uh, picking your nose, let's talk about that. The king of diversion. Um, all right, let's talk to Andy Katz. Let's see uh, how how he sees his tears. I, I have a feeling he didn't tear it out with uh, with Buddy. I've been hitting the panic <laughs> button, and I'm doing my best to put on a brave face. But who knows? Andy, Andy surprises us from time to time, so let's talk to him and see what he says. Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, Discover. Any credit card can offer cash back, but only Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. It's like getting one of those birthday cards that's shaped like cash, so you already know there's cash inside before even opening it. But in this case, it's stuff with your first year cash back match, and you don't even have to send a thank you note. Cash back match only by Discover card. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Discover something brighter. And we're also brought to you by NetSuite. If you're a business owner, you don't need us to tell you that running a business is tough, but you might be making it harder on yourself than necessary. Don't let QuickBooks and spreadsheets slow you down anymore. It's time to upgrade to NetSuite. Stop paying for multiple systems that don't give you the information you need when you need it. Ditch the spreadsheets and the old software you've outgrown. Now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need all in one place instantaneously. Whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in revenue, save time and money with NetSuite. Join the over 24,000 companies using NetSuite right now. Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at netsuite.com slash Titus. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash Titus. netsuite.com slash Titus. Do it. Joining us as he does every Friday is Andy Katz with his tears. Uh, he's got four tears this week, mm. and let's just jump right into it, Andy. Last week, you were you, you came prepared with notes, with evidence. Mm-hmm. I did not leave Ohio State <laughs> out purposely. This is what happened. All the teams are accounted for this week. All the teams are accounted for this week. And do my eyes deceive me, Andy, or do I see the Ohio State Buckeyes as a tier one team? I want to get excited about this, but also I'm worried that maybe you're just overcompensating for what happened last week. What's going on? I am not. As you know, they have the most Mm. quad one wins Mm -hmm. uh, with eight. Eight. But what I wanted to do this week was essentially try to predict what the selection committee will do on Saturday when they unveil their top 16. So... It's a nice even number. Why not have four tiers of four and try to predict in each tier or essentially each seed which way the committee will go? So that, that that's really what it is. Is it's not. Uh, I, I get excited when I see that tier one has Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, and Ohio State. But really, all you're saying is that you think Ohio State's a one seed, but they're not on the same tier as Gonzaga and Baylor. Well, yes. If we were doing it the way we were doing okay. it last week, I would have a <laughs> tier one of Gonzaga, Baylor. And then I would have a tier two of Ohio State actually ahead of Michigan, even though they're not in the standings. So mm-hmm. I would have a little bit of a line in between the two, you know, a little separation. But for these purposes, I wanted to try to do a little prediction here. We like predicting. Mm-hmm. And that is tier one. 
meaning the four mm. ones. Well, I'll, I'll flesh it out for the listeners. Tier one, your one seeds. Uh, again, you are predicting this. You, you have you're absolving yourself of blame. You're you're not saying this is how you see it. You're saying this is how you think the committee is mm. going to see it. Mm. Uh, Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, Ohio State is the one seeds. Illinois, Villanova, Virginia, Alabama as twos. West Virginia, Iowa, Oklahoma, Houston as threes. Uh, Missouri, USC, Tennessee, Texas Tech are the fours, and or what we're, we're anticipating on Saturday when the mm-hmm. committee releases it. Uh, since we are talking about Ohio State, since we are talking about Michigan, I, I want to. I, I noticed Illinois is the first team that you have as a tier two two seed. My question would be this, Andy: uh, as you look at those three teams, how much do you think the Big Ten standings matter in, in the sense that? Um, I'm getting very paranoid about the idea that Michigan's not playing a lot of games right now. And I'm not saying it's their fault, mm. but it's just the reality. And I'm worried that Michigan's going to gonna just be the de facto Big Ten champion. And then that's going to give them a trump card over... They're, they're not even going to play Illinois this year, probably. Um, they're <laughs> going to play Ohio State once. So how much, as we're sussing out like which Big Ten team deserves the one seed, which one gets bumped down to the two, do you think the regular season Big Ten standings are going to matter? Is it going to be head-to-head? Is it going to be the full picture? What do you think? How do you think this is all going to shake out? Okay, first of all, I think it's the full picture. Secondly, I will use your platform to say the Big Ten better make Michigan and Illinois play. Like that's a more important game to make mm-hmm. up than Michigan, Nebraska, or Michigan, Penn State, mm-hmm. uh, or Michigan Northwestern. You got to make up Michigan, Illinois. So that's number two. Number three, um, body of work, Ohio State wins. Uh, so Love I will it. not be surprised mm. if Ohio State. If they, if they continue this way, mm-hmm. okay, um, if Ohio State ultimately is ahead of Michigan on the seed line, I won't be surprised at all if that ultimately is what happens. Do you think there's a reason to release the top 16 as they're going to on Saturday <laughs> um, other than just to give guys like you and I and, and Tate uh, stuff to talk about? Is there an actual like practical – and, and you're, you're more sourced than we are. You talk to coaches. and, and uh, Is there value in this? Do, do they do – they, enjoy having this list or does it mean, is it ultimately worthless and just gives us something to talk about? No, I think it's, well, first of all, it's a great exercise for the selection committee Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it forces them to take a snapshot in time and really assess where everyone is. You know, I don't have this memorized, but I want to say the historically, and I say historically, I think it hasn't been going on that long, but over the last few years, um, I'm pretty sure it's been around anywhere from 10 to 12 of the 16, uh, you know, that were unveiled in February ended up being in the top 16 on selection Sunday. Mm. So it's, it's Mm. probably, it's been around three fourths uh, have been in that grouping. And I would say that based on what we anticipate, I'll be very surprised if the top eight that I rattled off to you don't end up in the top 16, you know, Mm. the second eight, I think there definitely still could be some movement. You didn't bring this up, but I will. I really wrestled with Texas versus Texas Tech because Texas, you know, had a better overall. Uh, Texas Tech beat them, but then Texas really struggled out of the gate from their pause. Mm-hmm. And so I, I lean Texas Tech a little right now. West Virginia is playing well. I lean there. Missouri uh, was going to have in tier three, but after their loss to Ole Miss on Wednesday night, which – pretty bad even though Mm -hmm. Ole Miss is playing well but it was a thumping I knocked them down to tier four 
And Andy, don't you think that's kind of where the line is, right? It's like the Houston, Missouri, like we're not sure if they're going to take that leap into like being in a real contender. You know what I mean? Like Oklahoma feels like a team that's right there as well. Uh, Iowa is a team that we all liked. And like you said, Texas at one point was a tier one contender mm -hmm. and now they're not even in the top 16. So there's there's been a lot of moving parts. Yeah. And, uh, and I would throw USC in that grouping as well. And mm. Tennessee, both Tennessee, been, yeah. well, Tennessee, more all over the map. And USC now is, you know, the sort of the new hot team out West. I mean, to me, I would say right now, the teams I have the most confidence in that will stay tier one or seed one line and seed two line, tier two, uh, you know, to me, it's the, the first four I rattled off. So Gonzaga, Baylor, Ohio State, Michigan. Then if you were to say to me, okay, who are the other two? I'd say Illinois and Virginia. Those mm. are the two I have the most trust in mm. will, you know, be right in that neighborhood a month from now. Andy, uh, remind, remind the listeners. I, I not. You agree with that? I, I would agree with you. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I all think that, so. I think people were sleeping on Virginia at this point, and Illinois is a team that at the beginning of the year, we all thought they were a national championship yeah. Final Four contender. Then we kind of threw them away, and they're, and back. they're right there. They're yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. Io is playing out of his mind. Six Q1 wins. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Io playing out of his mind, I, I am hearing um, predictably, Tate and I predicted this would happen, <laughs> Uh, that Luca Garza coming into the season was the national player of the year. He's everyone's pick for national player of the year. He as good as he was last year when he he maybe should have won it last year. We we liked Obi Toppin, whatever. Uh, he's been even better this year, Andy, and he 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 is playing out of his mind. And yet there's some sort of fatigue that goes on when you you enter a season. You're like this guy's going to be the best player, and and he just continues to be the best player all season. We get to this point in the season, we're like. There's got to be someone else, right? Like we gotta, we gotta make this conversation interesting. I feel like Io Desumu, I feel like Jared Butler. These guys are are playing at a level where we could throw them into a conversation and to talk it out. So, uh, from your perspective, Andy, maybe I'll frame it this way: What feels more inevitable to you as we sit here on February 11th, recording this? Uh, Luca Garza winning National Player of the Year, or Gonzaga or Baylor winning the national championship? Mm. Wow, that's a tough question. I would say Garza winning it. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's a single elimination. You never know. But the thing that we cannot dismiss, and I think, Mark, you are a great example to, you know, if someone who experienced this and could, could speak to this, which is because you were there with Greg Oden. Uh, as dominant as Luca can be, I don't think we can dismiss that he is the opposing scout priority every single game, mm -hmm. double, triple team. Mm -hmm. And so Joe Wieskamp going off for, I think, 26 on Wednesday against Rutgers. That only happens because of all the attention on mm -hmm. Garza and, and freeing up Wieskamp on the perimeter. And so anytime Wieskamp or Bohannon, they go off, it's because of all the attention on Garza. And, I mean, he literally just gets beat up every mm -hmm. game, and yet he still produces anywhere from 18 to 30 points. I, I think Garza's going to win it. I think he deserves it. But, like, you, you start – I, you start we're fleshing fatigued. out. We're fatigued. Yeah, well, it's not and even fatigue. It's yeah. just like you, 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 you can make a case for Jared Butler. He's the best two-way player mm -hmm. in the country. His team's undefeated. He doesn't have the luxury of, say, a Corey Kispert or Jalen Suggs. I know Davion Mitchell's good. I know Macy Oteague. He's got good players beside him. But Garza feels like we owe him from last year. I know. That's what I'm saying. It like feels like a legacy thing. Yeah. But I could, I could but, see I mean, voters. He still put up the numbers. Yeah. The other player, guys, that I think could have done it, but he – and he's had, obviously – great moments but had Cade Cunningham had yeah. a Kevin Durant like season mm -hmm. you know where he was clearly the best player um in the country then it, then that would have been a really intriguing debate mm -hmm. now Cade obviously 
is having a really good year. I, you know, I think he's going to probably edge out Jalen Suggs for freshman of the year, but it's going to be close. But had Kate Cunningham had a Durant-like freshman year, that would have been very interesting to see what would happen between the two of them. What, what about a just very quick blue blood bubble watch? And I know you don't have the numbers in front of you and you might not have given this much thought, but maybe just talk from your gut, Andy, just how it feels. Uh, say Duke, who is now has a losing record, is 7-8, and eight, but as of Saturday, it felt like the Duke-Carolina game was sort of a, you know, the winner maybe is on the right side of the bubble, the loser's not. There's still a lot of a lot of basketball left to be played, mm. so maybe Duke, uh, Michigan State is another team that like you could maybe see they have they have a lot of opportunities. We'll say on the schedule There's a coming path. up. There's, There's a path. A path. Yes. There's a path. <laughs> if Mr. Marsh can make an appearance, mm. there might be a path. Uh, and then I'll throw well, Syracuse in there for you. Yeah, I'm gonna make it very simple. <laughs> Kentucky has to win the SEC tournament. Okay, they have the talent, but they do. Uh, as of right now, Duke has to win the ACC tournament. Okay, I don't think they have the talent. To do that, I, I just don't see it. I don't think they can beat hypothetically like Florida State and Virginia consecutively. Yeah, um, I just don't see it. So I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think Duke's in the tournament. I think Kentucky, you know, could, um, but they haven't been able to cross that threshold because they, you know, the SEC is just not as deep or doesn't have like that elite team. And Michigan State, I think if they were to go. You know, they just won, uh, you know, against Penn State. So I kind of looked at their final 10, that if they went six and four, so now they've got the one. So if they go five and four or or um, six and three in these final nine games, mm-hmm. I think they can get in. Yeah, Michigan State has Iowa coming up, Purdue, Illinois, Ohio State. Michigan, mm. Indiana, like they're, it's an absolute gauntlet. And the way they've been playing, they're probably going to lose them all. But, you know, anything could happen. If Michigan State wins all those, suddenly we look up and we're like, wait. Mr. Marks, there I he this, is. I thought yeah. this team was dead. Are they back now? So, all right. That, that, uh, that, that, I'm satisfied. Thanks, Andy. You're we the best. It. We talk about Good Life a lot on this program and for good reason because Good Life makes high-quality essentials for modern living and believes the quality and fit of their t-shirts is unmatched, providing a fresh twist on some of the style's greatest hits. All of their core products have been made in California at the same L.A. factory since they were founded six years ago. They sent us a ton of stuff. We both wear, uh, Tate and I both wear uh, Good Life stuff all the time. It is uh, it, it is the perfect, as I, as I say over and over, I can't, I can't say enough, Tate. It is like perfect loungewear. It is perfect for the... Uh, the look of like trying to look like you don't care what you look like, but also you look stylish as hell because it's it's comfort. It looks great. Welcome to the good life. Boom, baby. Their core fabrics are uniquely designed to provide the perfect t-shirt for everyone. Try the Supima fabric for pure softness, the tri-blend for a workout-friendly tee, or the slub cotton. Everybody loves the slub cotton for a slightly heavier feel. All are made to help you look and feel. Two very important things. You got to have both. Some, a lot of these other clothing things, they have one or the other. Good Life, you look and feel your best. Good Life, America's premium t-shirt. Go to goodlifeclothing.com to take 20% off your entire order with promo code Titus at checkout. That's goodlifeclothing.com, 20% off, promo code Titus. Good Life, America's premium t-shirt. All right, thank you to Andy Katz, as always. Quickly, Tate, before we get to shout-outs, we have to do the Pac-12 update. I know we're <laughs> running long on the show, but uh, I, 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 yeah, I, can't, I can't go another week let without doing know. fraud power rankings. Please. So, uh, full disclosure, it is 5.44 p.m. on the West Coast right now. In about 15 minutes, Oregon and Arizona State are going to tip off. Um, we had to record before that game, so uh, I, I say that because what I'm about to say could be mm-hmm. – 
proven wrong or maybe right. Yes. Uh, tonight. So if you're listening to this, obviously this that feels like a play. very butterfly effect yeah, yeah, moment. No matter what you say what here, say, it's going to change. I will what say happens. this: uh, <laughs> I looked up the spread of that game earlier today. It was one and a half. Mm. It's at Arizona State. Arizona State was favored by one and a half. I just checked right now before uh, we, when we took the break. Right, literally 20 seconds ago, and Oregon is now favored by one. Mm. I don't know what that means. I'm not smart enough to make sense of that, but <laughs> that's something. So uh, anyway, that's the backstory on that because uh, we're getting into the fraud power rankings. As I said, Perfect. I, I am a fraud connoisseur. I can spot a fraud from a mile away. <laughs> and uh, it, we, we spend so much time talking about all the great things that He's the Pac-12. He's a phony! <laughs> I spend so much time talking about all the great things the Pac-12 has to offer. Some have said nobody does more for Pac-12 basketball than I do every week. <laughs> um, thank you to those people who say that. But I figured the only way to be a credible Whoa. journalist is to also talk about the bad, and that's what I want to do this mm. week. The fraud. Are you saying bag or are you saying bad? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so here we go. Fraud power rankings. Pac-12 update. Mm. Number one on the fraud power rankings, Arizona State Sun Devils. And that's why it's important I tell you this because Arizona State may or may not beat Oregon tonight. Yep. And then I have people chirping at me saying, how can they be the Take number one it. frauds? Yep. I have a feeling they're going to lose. <laughs> I have a feeling they're going to lose because they lose all the time. That's mm-hmm. what Arizona State does. <laughs> they, are, they are number one on my list because they were, they were very high expectations. They were picked, I think it was UCLA and then Arizona State. And, and the they again, they did the same thing as Iowa. They they outgrew yep. uh, the, the shadow that they cast, and uh, they weren't as talented as they thought. Remy Martin was a preseason All American. They're currently six and eight heading into this Oregon game. They're riding a two game win streak over the Bay teams. They beat Stanford mm-hmm. and they beat uh, Cal. So they're not all is lost, but yeah, they, they've been on a long COVID pause. They, this is their first game back tonight. So uh, I don't I don't know. But as as the overarching season, the, the the narrative of this year of Pac twelve mm-hmm. basketball, Arizona State is by far the biggest disappointment so they are number one number two on the list and making a strong 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 push for number ooh, one ooh. the boise state broncos who i <laughs> i rightfully called andy out when he was like boise state belongs in tier three or whatever it was I'm like what on what grounds he's like they won 13 in a row and then you start sussing it out tate they they beat one team with a pulse um, they they beat BYU as I said earlier in the show. Everybody's <laughs> beaten BYU, and there's somehow BYU is still good. I don't know how that works. BYU, BYU and Notre games. Dame were yeah. the two teams this year that everyone's like, I got to win over them. You know, BYU, except for Duke now. How have they they they've lost? It feels like they've lost a thousand games, and they're still like considered good, and they're going to make the tournament. Yes. And yeah, it's very strange. Boise State has now lost three or four. They just lost back to back games against Nevada over the weekend. They are 14 and 4. They have still they 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 are one of the top 5 teams in the Mount look, picture the Mountain West standings. Uh Boise State is in the top 5, so there are four other teams. As it stands right now, Boise State is 1 and 3 against those other teams because mm. they haven't even played Utah State or San Diego State. So what I'm saying is their record is artificially inflated. <laughs> they they it, it, it was all a mirage fraud. Stamp the flake gate. Yep. The Broncos. <laughs> uh, number three on my list, and again, a very important context that they're playing tonight, the Oregon Ducks. Mm. So we have a fraud showdown. They're number on one on my desert. list. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ten and four. Feels like they have a good season going, mm-hmm. but they, they have lost three out of five heading into this game tonight, including losses to Washington State and Oregon State, which is not where you want to be. Um, they, they're also, and they're, they played five games away from home, three and two in those five games. And their only wins are Seton Hall, Utah, and Washington. So they they Seton Hall is like the only team they've beaten with a pulse outside of <laughs> out their home arena. Oregon, I don't know. I don't know what the expect. Like they they were they were considered. We we talked to Dane Altman before the season, and he was like excited about the season. He's like, I like our team. We're going to mm-hmm. be very good. We're going to compete mm-hmm. for a Pac-12 title. Mm-hmm. 
Not the they case. were the team in the yeah. Pac-12, you know, outside yeah. of the L.A. teams. People said, I like Oregon, but yep. not quite. Uh, number four on the list, uh, the Idaho Vandals. 0-15, Tate. Mm. Got to call them out for that. They are one of two uh, winless teams. I almost said undefeated, the opposite of undefeated. Uh, two winless teams in all of college basketball now, the Missouri Valley uh, State Delta Devils. They won the other night, so they, they got off the schneid. And Idaho and South Carolina State are the two winless teams. So there you go. Idaho frauds. Win a game. <laughs> it's got to be hard to pull for a team that, you know, we're like, we're vandalists. Yeah. That's what we do. It's pretty, it's a pretty sick nickname, though. Yeah, the Vandals. I, I mean, like yeah, the Vandals. It's like a rock band. Yeah. Like, that's what, that's what it should be. It, it might be. It doesn't Probably translate is. to success on the court, as it turns out. Oh, Some big fan right now is like, it is a rock band. <laughs> <laughs> Idaho Vandals. Vandals. Finally, number five. And boy, it pains mm. me to do this. But don't do it. I gotta don't do, do it. it. Don't do it. Better not be North Carolina. <laughs> uh, it is the Pepperdine Waves. Oh, thank you. The nine and eight Pepperdine Ooh. Waves. Who are, they're not having a bad mm. season. They're still in the mix to like be the second best team in the WCC behind Gonzaga. Uh, just beat San Francisco. Um, Kessler Edwards, Colby Ross are both playing very well. Colby Ross second in the country uh, in assists. I just I picked. I I had to put them on there because they took UCLA to three overtimes early mm-hmm. in the season. They they then give San Diego State a good game, and I come out of that. That you remember they they had that little pod set up at at, at uh, Viejas Arena, yep. UCLA and yep. San Diego State and Pepperdine was there. I come out of that thinking, oh my god, Pepperdine is going to be fun to watch. It mm-hmm. like they're going to be uh, got some NBA players. Yeah, they got NBA yep. players. They're in Gonzaga's conference. They're going to definitely be the team that can challenge Gonzaga in, in the WCC. And, and they haven't gone. really been that. Yeah. They're nine and eight this year. They got absolutely smoked by ba- uh, Cal State Bakersfield. Lost to Cal State Northridge, who's not very good this year, mm-hmm. even though, um, yeah. Uh, so there you have it. That that's uh, Pepper, Pepperdine had to make the list, but I got to say, as we're recording this, Colorado is absolutely stomping Stanford, and boy, does it pain me to say it, but Stanford is man, knocking on the door. Man, Stanford is knocking on the fraud door. Stanford, a team that uh, again, the expectation was this is the year we make the tournament, we assert ourselves mm-hmm. as another team in the Pac-12 to be reckoned with. We got Zaire Williams. Uh, Potential, you know, top 10, top 15 pick. Not quite. San Diego State, I had my eye on, but again, they, mm. they, they're they hot right now-ish, but it <laughs> feels very... The Mountain West is bad, dude. The Mountain West is very... Basically, Boise State and San Diego State are about to play coming up, and one of them is going to be a fraud. I know that much. I, I feel like it's going to be Boise State, though, so I left San Diego State off. And then, uh, is there anyone else? I guess UCLA. Like, they got smoked by USC. I did not love that. UCLA has not been playing well lately. It's USC a, is the team yeah, in the Pac-12. Yeah. I think they are the only team. Yeah. And I feel like we've gotten to the point with the Pac-12 where we all know there's really only going to be one team every year. Don't that, sleep on Colorado. Colorado yeah, Colorado's coming on strong-ish, but also USC's But also right. Colorado, we expect them to be pretty good. You yeah. know what I mean? They yeah. had some pieces coming back. So There you have it. Those are the fraud power Pac-12 rankings. update. Pac-12 update. Also, Quaddy Green had 23 points and oh he against Oregon on Saturday. His seventh 20-point mm. game. He has not hit 30 yet, so that was the only yeah. note I had. So, mm. there you go. Shout-out to closeouts. Shout-out to Devontae Shuler, uh, mm-hmm. the man from Old Miss, a man that uh, Zion Williamson said, quote-unquote, he was something different. If you don't know, Devontae Shuler, who is a senior on this program, we like seniors, you know, come from the Dean, Fist, Dean Smith coaching tree here. We respect those who have put in the work. Devontae Shuler during the offseason said, I want to come back. I want to make sure people know I'm a pro basketball player. He's had now five 20 point games on the season. He's mm-hmm. the SEC player of the week. And back in the day, he played on a team called the South Carolina Hornets. 
It was an AAU outfit down mm-hmm. there. And two other players that were on that team, Zion Williamson, John ja Morant. And on that team, he's two years older than those guys. He was the number one option. And Zion said he was the first player he had ever seen. Now we got LaMelo Ball, you know, close to my heart. But apparently Devontae Shuler was the first player he ever saw get a rebound and pull up from half court and just take a three. <laughs> and he said no one said a word. Did he make it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't know. He didn't say that. Yeah, yeah, right. But I assume he did. And uh, anyways, Devontae Shuler, if you haven't watched him, uh, I mean, they they are they just blew out Missouri. It's a good time Missouri. to watch him. Yeah, it's a good time to tune in. Ole Miss and, is hot. Uh, yep. If you like John Moran, you like Zion Williamson, you want to have some sort of rooting interest, Devontae Shuler is the guy to Ole Miss. And also, people, if you want to talk about like reasons to care about college basketball, you know who loves Ole Miss basketball more than anything? Morgan Freeman. That's right. Yes. I forgot about Loves that. Loves old, old Miss basketball. In fact, in February of last year, when they beat Mississippi State and routed them and had this great moment in time in February before COVID happened, Morgan Freeman was at that game. So I know Morgan Freeman was watching Devontae Shuler upset Missouri, and he was like, this is a good day. Thoughts and prayers to uh, the, the the guy that was on the AAU team with Devontae Shuler and John Morant and mm-hmm. Zion Williamson that's going to get asked about that every day for the rest of his life. Hey, mm-hmm. who was on your AAU mm-hmm. team again? Tell, mm-hmm. tell, hey, tell. We tell, should do a story about him. that. <laughs> All right, man, see you later. <laughs> that's Titus's life. Everybody wants to hear the story of the AAU team and tell it. And then he tells <laughs> it to him. They go, All right, tight. <laughs> Got it. Dope. <laughs> I want to shout out uh, the Howard Bison. Um, yep. Perfect. Shut down their program, unfortunately. Oh, no. That's yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, said no. For, I thought, they, I thought they did something good. I thought they let's were like turning in the corner or something like let's that. Let's do an adjustment on that one. To hit with yeah, the not perfect, there. yeah. Uh, they, they shut down the program for the season. It was too much to overcome. They've had some COVID issues. We had Gus Johnson on the show, and he yep. was so excited to call that game. Notre, Notre Dame, Dame game. Ended up mm-hmm. getting canceled. Makura Maker has been out for a long stretch. They they ended up going like one and four, I think, on the season. Nojel Eastern ends up not playing for them. He's turning pro now, right? That's the story. You're the Nojel Eastern guy. He's um, turning pro. And was he ever not turning pro? That's the real question. But kind of a bummer of a season. Like I, I can't remember a time when an HBCU had as much hype as how. Which isn't to say people thought Howard was going to go to the Final Four this year, but for the first time in a very long time, there was like a buzz around an HBCU, and unfortunately, they're not going to capitalize on it. In the the HBCU to watch. Not no disrespect to Howard. Howard's a great. Howard is the HBCU in America. It is the Harvard of HBCUs. To you know, to say the least. North Carolina Central, Lavelle Moton, mm. his program, they're going to do a ESPN documentary that Chris Paul is putting together. Stephen A. Smith is a part of this. When I was at, at Carolina, when I was in school, they used to play these pickup games in the summer at Central. You would get NBA players come back. John Wall would play in it. You know, the list goes on. It was a lot of fun. P.J. Tucker, those types of guys. And Lavelle is, I mean, he's best friends and, and great with Roy Williams. He can sit in a lot of different rooms. And Central in Durham is a, a program. Talk about sleeping giants. Mm-hmm. That could be a sleeping giant. And like uh, Lavelle Moton is a guy that should have gotten a chance at NC State. A lot of people thought when Keats got hired, it should have been a Moton that got that job. But Moton didn't want to leave his alma mater. He wanted to stay at Central. Um, so just saying that, just uh, putting it out there. I, I'm more of a uh, North Carolina A&T guy. Yeah. That's more uh, hey. my – I've, I've been to a game there. And Who it was, rocks the house? <laughs> the Aggies rock the oh house. Oh, my God, dude. Oh, it's a great time. It was amazing. Yeah. It's so fun. We, we should do that. We should – we should set that up and have Greg go with it. Greg would love that too. Oh, like maybe, Greg would love having us there. That's, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, the, three, the three of us go to a North Carolina A&T game. Yes. That'd be so fun. Yes. All right, that's the show. See you guys next week.